What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Here we go, everybody. Welcome to 2022, episode number 125 of Sports Cards Live. It is Saturday night, January the 1st, 2022. My name is Jeremy Lee. Happy New Year to everybody. I want to thank last Saturday's guest, Rob Gerard from the Sports Card Therapist. And next week on the show will be Rob Stuzinski from Genrate, and tomorrow night on Collectible Live is going to be, my guest will be Brad Hartland from PSA Canada. Check that out on the Collectible YouTube channel. Okay, shout-outs. I got shout-outs. I got shout-outs tonight. Channel supporter, Whatnot. I want to shout-out Whatnot, for their app for one minute. Buy it now. Auctions, round the clock, 24-7. I had a great time on that platform this past Tuesday running a live stream auction sale. I want to thank everybody who came out, bid on cards, bought cards, and just came to hang out. It was a ton of fun. All cards that were sold did ship out yesterday, so look for those soon. Thanks again to everybody. I want to shout out the Sport Card Expo, which yesterday announced a new show in Edmonton, Alberta. So the show, which is always in Toronto, is now expanding out west. Very excited about, about that. March, I believe, 25th to 27th or 27th to 29th. You can see their website, all the shows. Check it out, sportcardexpo.com. As always, thanks to all of you podcast listeners that are listening to this in the next couple of days and all you subscribers and viewers to the show. Really appreciate you. If you're not yet subscribed, please take a second and do so. I see all the comments rolling in. Welcome, everybody who is here. As you guys know, your comments, your questions are in play. We have a great guest tonight. We have a great lineup tonight. We have Carvin Chung coming out in a second. And then later tonight, in about an hour and a half, hour 45, Ryan Nolan from Breakout Cards, the author of Spotting Fakes, will be joining us on After Hours. Be sure to check out that show a little bit later tonight. 
Boy, I'm excited. It's 2022. What a year we just had. What a year we have upon us here. Let's bring out our guest tonight. Really doesn't need much of an introduction. Carvin, how are you? What is happening? Well, first off, Happy New Year to everyone. Uh, you know, we had a great 2021 and we're going to have a better 2022. So infinite opportunities in 2022. But uh, thank you for having me on. <laughs> I like how you called it infinite opportunities in 2022. And maybe, you know, maybe that's a great spot to to jump off and just hear about what you're up to with, with the infinite one of your projects you have on the go. Before we do that, I do want a special shout out, guys. Uh, a, a viewer of the show, Troy Medina, his friends and neighbors have been affected by the wildfires in Boulder, Colorado. So I just want to send out my best regards to to Troy. And, and again, friends and neighbors in that area, they're going through a difficult uh, few days right now. Carvin, the infinite. So, I mean, let, let's jump right in. Let's jump right in. We'll go to some comments in a second, say hi to everybody. But why don't you just take it away, man? What, what has you What has you excited right now? What's... Uh, I mean, well, you talk. You talked about it. You're on. You're on Instagram. You're on Clubhouse. But uh, for those of you, those people who may not be following you on those platforms, talk a bit about the Infinite uh, and where things are going with it. Well, first off, it probably goes back to your show, the first ever show you did, and I was on there. And uh, <clears throat> you know, you kind of brought me to the spotlight about uh, my past. And you know, for us OG people, we know that uh, I had some involvement at Upper Deck and Panini and some you know products. And, um, you know, when I, when I left Panini back in 2014, I thought, is this going to be my last swan, you know, my swan song? That, that's it. I'm never going to create another product. And over the past two, almost two years now, it's like, man, I do miss it. I do miss creating sports cards and, and especially in this, the, where it is and, you know, gone mainstream. I was like, man, I, I wish I could really build another product. So, so the product is actually here. So it's right there. That's the packaging. Right. Very nice. And, and the back, nice packaging. Uh, and, you know, I'm not trying to pump up this product on your show. Sorry, Jeremy, but uh, please go base ahead. Card. Base card here. Uh, maybe the lights, the lights better. All right. That's the most base version. It's patch thickness. Uh, it's basically a collaboration between Billboard, The Infinite, which is run by myself and a few partners. And of course, a Toronto native, the weekend. So it's a it's a two part Canadian, one American uh, collaboration, which is great. Um, so I'll just keep quickly give you guys a, a quick sneak. Here's the second card. There's like five cards in total. None of these none of these have been autographed yet, but they will be. Not these ones. These first three are not. That one's out of five hundred. This one's out of a hundred. And hopefully we can get the shine here to go. Like you know. There you go. There it is. There it is. Yeah. When you go side to right. side. Uh, this backwards camera kind of hurts me. It's kind of hard <laughs> to maneuver. But um, the famous shot, the Michael Jackson tribute of him putting on the glove. Uh, and last but not least, there's no billboard stickers on these. And the reason is these will be signed. These are the single exposure, single shots. The red, which is significant to his red blazer he wears in the video and also at the uh, Super Bowl, and of course that's another Michael Jackson tribute, and the 101, the thumbnail of the the video. So, you know, very go, nice. So, yep. Car, yes. Let me ask you. Let me ask you. How did you How did you manage to get the weekend himself to uh, to be a part of this project? Well, this this whole project came about because Billboard was going to announce 
the number one song of all time on the Billboard Top 100. The Hot 100, the Top 100, the Hot 100, is it? I, I apologize. It's the Hot 100. Yeah, Hot 100. So it, the song was for 90 weeks on the Hot 100 charts. The last record it broke, it wasn't the Beatles, it wasn't Presley, it wasn't U2, it was Chubby Checker with the twist. So it's a 60-year-old record it broke. The Canadian now owns that record, which is great. And, uh, you know, when Billboard told me, I said, we need to do something to commemorate it. Uh, what about doing a trading card with the weekend? So this was like right, we had the meeting around uh, Halloween. And basically two days later, he called me, he said, you know, he met with the weekend and the group agreed to do a trading card. So fast forward, um, by the beginning of December, we actually started printing the cards and had the cards. And now we're just setting it all up uh, to get it all ready and, and ship out. The main thing first is we have to get the weekend to sign and they'll be signing in a paint pen. So, you know, we have to supervise that very diligently and make sure that they come out right. And uh, good luck to everyone that bought uh, the packs. And by the way, the packs are available on the weekend's uh, merchandise website, which is shop the weekend without the E on the end dot uh, com. So shop dot weekend dot com. So, Car, so, go ahead. Mm -hmm. I ordered I've got five packs incoming when can i uh when can i expect to receive these uh probably within the next I, i've said about three weeks um i think i believe he's supposed to sign them in the first week of january so i'll be giving handing them off to billboard um by the first week of january and hopefully i can get them back within uh, two or three days and then uh, we move forward with everything so and then, then we'll ship them out to the and to so, the uh the center fulfillment so center. You got so you got you got your run with the weekend, like six hundred or so cards. Any any plans for round two or or volume two of of this infinite collection? Like more collaborations with Billboard or who's? I mean, I'm going to ask you. I don't know if you can answer, but who's next after the weekend? Well, we'll we're working on a bunch, and there's already interested parties. Uh, so, and some that are more of a, I guess our age, um, probably Generation X. Uh, we can relate to some of these artists better. And then some of them are actually, there's a couple that are even bigger than the weekend. So uh, we'll see. We'll see what happens. And, uh, you know, once we're ready to announce them, we will. I mean, obviously, uh, and dealing with the music industry, it's like any athlete. I mean, you got to cross all the T's and dot the I's. You got to make sure. I remember doing some deals when I was working for the card companies. And, and even with the contracts coming in, they could be completely annulled anyway. So so uh, obviously, uh, ideally, we want to have Billboard uh, as part of it, as a part, actually have a chart to go with. They're a big name. Uh, so it gives like, almost like it's a licensing of a league. You know, Billboard's licensing matters, I think, to, to our product. But with or without Billboard, I mean, definitely we're, we're going to look at opportunities. So it's really in the artist's best interest and Billboard's best interest we want to introduce. And we have our eyes set on a few few artists. So right on fingers crossed very cool <laughs> well good good luck with that good luck with that for sure so I, i'm curious what did you get up to for new year's eve last night anything anything special on this uh new year's I eve 2021 I'm, I'm too old now i fell asleep have a young daughter um and then this morning my wife was helping me like assemble some of these packs uh, just the uh like here's here's what we have to do like here's the void stickers so you guys see it here's the packaging we had to have people fold these up and make it like that with the one touches. So um, my wife was actually helping me, me out. I, 
I guess I'm, I'm part of the stereotype of a Chinese uh, factory, I guess. That's what my <laughs> wife said. It looks like we're, we should be in Shenzhen, China or some of that instead of being over here in San Diego area. But uh, it was good. There's some good bonding time, you know, with my daughter and, and my yeah. wife. So, yeah. So now that the weekend cards are, are getting ready to ship, you know, here, here it is. You've, uh, you've got the final product in your hands, non-autographed. How does it feel? I mean, like you said, you hadn't designed cards in close to 10 years. Now you've had the chance to do it again, right from, right from the, like the whole project from, from conception to, right. to dis, to distribution. How does it feel? Like, how excited are you? Do you feel, are you reinvigorated? How do you, uh, how do you feel about it all? I think I'm always re reinvigorated when I'm dealing with collectors. I think this past two years, the ability to reach out and, and reconnect with collectors. And for a while, when I was working in distribution, even when I was working with the manufacturers, I wasn't a collector. And now to reignite the, the collector mentality, that fire in my mind and, and be able to come back with some products, you know, and, and really we, we're starting from ground zero. It's a new industry, new collectors, new demographics. So we're, we're, I'm excited to uh, bring this to a different entire audience. And obviously some of the audience is going to be some from the trading cards, the sports trading cards are going to come, you know, cross over, but uh, I'm, I'm excited. And uh, also from the response that we've gotten from Billboard, from, you know, uh, his label, uh, the weekends people themselves, that everyone's extremely happy with the product. So, which is great cool. to hear. We're going to talk a bit about, uh, you know, what to expect in 2022, kind of what we, what you want to see happen, what you don't want to see happen, predictions. We'll, we'll touch on that, of course. Sure. Um, and and I, I, I think that that'll, that'll be an exciting discussion, but, you know, Speaking of, so the weekend, it's a music card. About a year ago now, I feel like it's already a year ago. I went on a bit of a shopping spree and I bought a whole bunch of music and entertainment cards. You know, the real like mini type cards. They look like the same size as the T206s or the early yeah. the early tobacco cards from the early 1900s, the 1910s. And, um, and, you know, things like Elvis Presley, the Beatles, the Rolling Stones, that sort of thing. You know, the Jimi Hendrix cards, all, all of that. Well, it's hard to get Jimi Hendrix cards because Josh Luber hoards those. But when you when you can get one, <laughs> you, you know, good, good luck to you. So but um, but, you know, do you think that, you know, I bought all those cards because I love I love the music. I You know, I, I love the history of it. And now it seems like, you know, there's more people talking about it. You're doing your project, which is, again, it's part of that genre, I would think. Do you see there being potential for in cardboard for the, you know, obviously you've got sports, you've got, you've got the, the game, the games, the Pokemons, the Yu-Gi-Oh's, but what about music and, and entertainment? You know, Leaf does pop century. And then there's a whole bunch of, uh, you know, more vintage and, and historical sets that came, even like the Yo! MTV raps that came out in the, in the eighties. Panini's done some stickers over the, over the decades. How do you see sort of music cards maybe, or do you see music cards catching on, becoming a bit more popular uh, in 2022? So the whole purpose of, of music cards is really introducing a whole new fan base into trading cards. You know, you and I love trading cards and we know how great our, our community is, how great the hobby is. So this is actually reaching out to the music fans, like the fans of the weekend, because it's really one artist we're doing. And for them to buy it and then all of a sudden say, look, look it, it's not your old trading cards anymore. It's a new trading card. And, and if you look at the designs, it's it just pops. So one, yes, the price point is going to be higher on the trading cards. It's not the dollar packs that we're doing, right? I don't think that uh, I would have any excitement really doing a dollar or 
$10 or $20 blaster full of uh, base cards, right? I'd rather design something much more uh, premium type look, almost kind of like the, you know, the old patch thickness. I won't say the which brand we're talking about, but you guys know what brands that, that I'm associated with. So I, I want to go with the premium look. And really, at the end of the day, it reaches out to the music fans, but also it creates something where the music celebrity or the musical artist has something like, wow, look at this card. This is my card. You know, they kind of can flex. You know, they can flex with any athlete saying, look at my card versus your card. Like kind of that type of comparison, right? And as trading cards are going mainstream, it's it's really, it's really, it's involving a lot more people. Like we have musical artists that are collecting cards now. I know for a fact a bunch of musical artists are collecting cards, right? Uh, but one one main reason why I'm I'm working with the infinite and working in this field is um, in 2018 something on a personal note happened to me right my daughter was born and part of the reason I think we talked about this offline for me to get starting my personal brand and telling all these stories is really to leave a legacy for my daughter to learn what I've done in the past it's kind of interesting because my parents are always looked at trading cards like oh you're, you're creating trading cards. Who cares? Like, you know, why does it matter, right? And, and, and it's almost like a, I'm in this, in, in my family, it's almost like a shameful type of business I'm in, you know, you know, a secret society and, and my parents look down upon it. And uh, for my daughter, it's like, you know, well, I mean, some of my cards are doing well. I want to have that legacy so that she can learn about my past. You know, one day if I'm gone, at least the stories are with you guys. It's on Instagram. It's kind of documented. It's my dear diary, my dear John type letter, and she can read about it. So, but when this opportunity came, I was like, what better than now I can create something and she can partake in the experience of understanding what I'm doing, understand that we're creating trading cards for the music industry. And if there's anything like even bigger than sports, sometimes like, you know, we look at trading cards as nostalgic, right? And sport moments are nostalgic, it's nostalgic, but music actually has even a greater sense of nostalgia when you hear music. Like you'll think of the first song that you met your wife or or when you got married, your first song you danced to, or let's say a, a father-daughter song, right? Or even type any type of song that ignites memory. So it's the listening, it's a different sense than watching, but it's a different sense of listening and, and hearing a, a song that ignites nostalgia in us. So why not trans transfer that into a trading card? Because trading cards is all about nostalgia collectibles is about nostalgia so 100 music, music so is music right like you said it, right. it evokes these memories uh, that 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 we connect to special events in our lives whether it be a wedding or whatever a, a dance you went to the prom anything so right. i i hear you man i hear you i've i've all i i've wondered why why the why non-sport i don't want to say non-sport because that includes the gaming and stuff and entertainment but why the music and and entertainment. Now, when I say entertainment, I'm talking about like, you know, like a, a James Cagney uh, card from the from the 50s or 60s, or a James Dean or a Marilyn Monroe. You know, well, I do know Upper Deck obviously may they've got the Marvel license among others. So we have we have the modern entertainment. Then, but then you have this vintage side of entertainment too, which I took a big interest in and, and owned several cards because I thought they were they were really cool. So it. Uh, you know, we have our favorite movies. We have our favorite TV shows. I got some Arthur Fonzarelli cards because when I used to come home from school, I used to watch Happy Days in, after school. If, if only I could get a Jack Tripper card. Boy, that would be right now. And unfortunately, he's he's passed away. But if only I could get a Three's Company Jack Tripper card or a Mr. Roper. Who doesn't want that, right? <laughs> of our vintage anyway. Half, half the people don't know who we're talking about right now, but that's okay. Norman Pell. <laughs> 
Yeah. So, you know, you said that like your, your, your parents kind of always said, oh, you're making trading cards. Like what, what's so good about that? Like what's the meaning behind that yet, yet in our hobby, in our community, you're a legend, you are a bonafide legend within our hobby. And, uh, do your, and I want to know, cause I know your parents, I've dealt with your parents many times. I, I love your parents, um, your father, your mother, do they, do they recognize the notoriety or the importance of what you've done in the hobby? Do they, do they, have they started to understood it just the, at all? Nothing, no, hey? no, not even, not even my sister, my family. It's, it's like, uh, you know, when, when they hear about it, it's like some of your cards are sung for millions of dollars that you created. I go, yeah, they're sung for millions of dollars. Like, who in the right mind would pay a million dollars for one of the cards you created? That's what that's what they always say to me. And uh, you know, my wife is the same way because she's she's Chinese, and you know, they they don't collect sports cards. They're not entrenched in the sports cards like you and I are. So we can talk about like our our pickups for twenty twenty one. I'll tell you a, a great story uh, about my pickup, but um, you yes. know, with my wife. So. Okay, let's do that. I, I, we haven't gotten to any comments. And, you know, I say it at the beginning of every episode, your comments, your questions are in play. Let's yep. run through, say hello to some people. I want to say hi to Troy, who's always here. Great to have you, Troy. Jacob Dahl, well, first time catching a live show. Great to have you live, Jacob. Thank you so much for joining. Mr. Abootman, good evening and happy New Year's to you. Jordan Rivers is here. Sam, my buddy Sam Genova is in the house. We got Ralphie. This, this, I feel like I'm back at Expo. This is my Expo crew. Barbara, <laughs> welcome to the show. We have Drake's PC in the show. Drake, always great to see you. Love your uh, your Peyton Manning collection. Birds on the bat. What's going on? Jeff McMahon. Gimmicky fibers in the house. We got the storage room. Happy New Year. We got anyone on Facebook. I can't see your name, but Happy New Year. And what's going on with all of you guys? Studio Sports in the house. Yes, a healthy and wealthy New Year's. To the whole hobby, John G, Todd McDonald, Jeff Hart, good evening to you. We got Jim in the house. We got Dan Busby says, the best show on Saturday night. Hit that like button, guys. Thank you, Busby. <laughs> Hit that like button. Steve Foley, what is going on? We got Florida in the house. We got Rich in the house. We got Omar. Welcome to the show, Omar. Car likes those designs, Carve. Likes those designs. We got Colin Murray, Albert Jones, Frankie Gonzalez in the house. Al Albert, does Carvin own a card printer? <laughs> hey, no. If you do, if he does, he should be talking to Panini Thompson Upper Deck and Leaf. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. No, he doesn't. Anthony George, good evening. Two of my favorite guests ever, same night. There you go. We, we, we did it right for you. Gross Bros parodies, Carvin making cards, and I can't even make a decent sandwich. <laughs> That's uh, candidate, for comment. <laughs> candidate for comment of the night so far right there. We got Eric in the house says, hey, guys, Carvin's next musical group he is working with is Leonard Skinnerd." <laughs> yeah, right. That's That'll sell. <laughs> that'll sell. Jim wants it to be Madonna. I, that would be pretty cool. That would be pretty that cool be. for sure. You know my history sure Madonna, though, yes. We got, looks like we got San Diego in the house. We got Rich says, where were these printed? Are they acetate? Asking about your cards, Carve. No, they're not acetate. They're just base paper. It's paper with foil. That's, that's what it is, man. We're going back to basics. You know, we'll, we'll take it to different substrates later, but I want to start with basics. Start with the basic. Yeah, yeah. I'll tell you guys, uh, I, I hope I'm not giving away one of your secrets because I think you just did card. But, you know, in all the years that we've known each other and talked about cards and brands and creation and you even you've told the story when it comes back, when it comes to, uh, around to 2003 exquisite basketball, how, you know, the, the logo men from that year, they don't have autographs. 
And a lot of no. people are wondering, like, why don't they have autographs? And what people might not know is that that was deliberate because you always want to have something to provide. You know, you always wanted to get better as the years go by. So if you had autographs in the first year, what could you do in year two? Well, year two, you introduced the autographs. Just touching on that for a second, is that a strategy that was like fresh to you when you started with uh, with Upper Deck, uh, which was obviously before your time with Panini? Um, or is that something you picked up somewhere else? And 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 secondly, do you see that happening uh, today with today's manufacturers? Are they employing a similar strategy? I think so. Well, so it takes a couple of years for you to understand truly how to build a product. In, initially, you always want to throw the kitchen sink at a product to, to get the, hey, you're doing a great job. You're doing a great job. Well, let's put it this way. You can think of everything you can put in the product and take it a notch down. Just, just in case this product does is a rocket or this product does well and it's coming back next year everyone's expect that little touch that's a little bit different than last year's and it could be an improvement it could be a, a philosophical change but you got to save something left in the you know the last bullet and a gun or ace up your sleeve and you always want to have that because you know especially on 0304 like we had a, we had a, a phenomenal year with rookies right from lebron james well if we come back with exquisite there's no more LeBron James rookie. It's the second year and it will be the Dwight Howard rookie. And we're looking, well, how are we going to do this with the Dwight Howard, Sebastian Telfair rookie class, Iguodala. So you got to leave something still wanting for that, for people. So number one, you know, you don't want to throw everything out there and then also you just come back with the same product. You want to leave something there. And then 0405, we added like the exquisite title list, which is one of my favorite sets of all time. Um, number two, the number of titles they won. And just to get LeBron in there, we used the high school titles and you know Carmelo we used as college title. So those are the aspects that you gotta think outside the box. You can't force yourself just doing just title assess and the NBA title, the L the L O B, but you also have the other titles, which is high school titles for LeBron and or I think it's state titles, not high school titles, that's state titles. So so we we have to come up with ideas. Sometimes I don't always think of it right away, but in the case of the dual logo man, it's like, you know what, it was also also part of its selfish reasons is that you would have to send all those cards to two different athletes. And remember, Jordan is always a scheduled signing time. And I believe some people have told me that 0304 Jordan, some of the Jordans are redemptions. That would have been a redemption card and that would have been devastating for that to happen too. So when you include autographs, the chance of redemptions increases too as well. Yeah. Yeah. Got it. Okay, man. Good, good stuff. Let's say hi to Michael Ham. Jacob Jacob Dahl says a, a Bob Dylan card product would be cool for sure. I think Bob Dylan does have some cards from the 60s and 70s. You can does, dig yeah. around and find some of those. Sean says, welcome to 2022. Nerwin, happy new year to you. <laughs> lots, lots, every lots of people in the house today. Uh, Sean says, any crossover plans into the NFT space? Carb, do you want to uh, address that? So sure. Um, Autograph.io did nfts for the weekend and um there, there are a bunch of nfts with the weekend on his own and then there was a few with billboard and the infinite was was responsible for the design direction gave we gave our designs to them and they built the nfts based on those designs so the ones that had to deal with billboard were involving infinite so which is great you know they gave us a little bit of you know coverage in the nft world about trading cards and that's what we want we want to reach over to the NFT collectors. We want to reach over to the music collectors, uh, music fans, and get them into trading cards. Whether it's sports trading cards, music trading cards, it doesn't matter. We we just want to grow our trading card community. 
Fair enough. Makes sense to me. I want to say hi to Everything Sports Cards podcast. Good evening to you. Ryan from Breakout Cards. I believe this is Ryan. It could be Steve, but I think it's Ryan who will be joining on After Hours. Says, uh, Carve, do you envision a premium product with multiple artists in a genre in the future, or will infinite cards always focus on one artist at a time? It really depends on, on the situation. In this case, because it was, the announcement was based on one song that we went with The weekend. And it, it really depends. Sometimes there's a lot of artists that don't, don't want to be the focus of one set. You know, if you really want to appeal to someone opening boxes of cards, then obviously having music, uh, multiple fan, uh, multiple artists makes sense. But if you really want to appeal to the demographic, which is that musician's fans, then it's probably better to focus on one artist at a time. So there, there could be opportunities for multiple collabs between artists or, you know, 10, 15, 20, 100 artists. There, there could be opportunities, but we just got to have the proper theme and the proper reason for doing it. So, you know, realistically, we talk about this little term that it kind of bothers me sometimes is we call sports cards as the new modern day art. Well, it's only modern day art when the subject is great. It's the same kind of design, right? So if LeBron James, it's great art. But if it's like, uh, let's say, uh, Booby, uh, Daniel Gibson, like Booby Gibson, you're like, well, that artwork is not that great. Well, it's the same design. The great thing about The weekend is that we our design is customized towards that weekend's song. So it's, it's more, if you talk about artwork, that's more of an artwork design for him versus for all artists. So something Speaking of art. Speaking of art, Latrell Sprewell is the American dream. Uh, wants to thank you for uh, the Alan Houston Exquisite Rainbow 101, two of his favorite cards uh, that you ever made, uh, that you of his that you made. Uh, Justin Bode, we want to wish you a happy new year. Lapper, great to see you. Happy new year. Good evening to Dominic. Happy new year to Jackie Varro. Adam Holgate says legends on a Saturday. Benny Cromwell, good evening to you. I got to say hi to these people, everybody. We got Travis and those. Good evening to you. Jordan Rivers says Taylor Swift would blow up her fa- would blow up. Her fans are insane. There you go. Look who's here. We got Chris Barr in the house. Great to see hey, you. Chris. Chris is a product <laughs> manager with Panini. Thank you for joining, Chris. And great and a past guest of Sports Cards Live and a good friend. We've let's see. Uh, Nerwin says, "Would you ever do BTS?" Ha ha. <laughs> yeah, of course. I why mean, not, right? why wouldn't I do BTS, right? So, why I mean, wouldn't you? they are Asian, so I am Asian. So, you know, we got we got the Canadian aspect crossed off. So now it's time to do Asians, right? Go to Asians. There you go. Your, your yeah. other heritage. Jordan Rivers, Dual Patch Auto, Justin Beaver, and Taylor Swift. Yeah, we got Milan in the house. Another past guest of Sports Cards Live. Good evening. Great to see you. Happy New Year. Ian Undercover, I like this comment. Frustrating to hear the family doesn't appreciate your work and success. Is that is it frustrating for you, Carve, or is it no. just it's just the culture and the way it is? It's you know what, what's important to hear is that the collectors appreciate appreciate my past work and 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 success. So ultimately, okay, you guys are my brothers in arms, or brothers from a different mother, we can say, and uh, you, you nailed know, the it. Fan- Right, the, the the fandom, the fans, you know, and us getting together and and giving bro hugs despite all of this COVID and and talking cards and being part of the community. That's what matters most. I always say this: I can meet athletes all day long, but the chance to hang out with collectors is even more important, and that really invigorates who what I do, my craft. So yeah, 
I get that. I get that for sure. Dominic says, uh, if you were to ask on, on IG which artist they would want, he would say Pearl Jam. I think that would be a big success for sure. Birds on the Bat says, I got to think there's just so much potential for dual autos like Beyonce and Jay-Z or a quad of the full ba- full bands. You could even do, well, yeah, there's so much potential there with, with what you're doing. Let's, I'm well, I'm excited just to watch it play out. Similar to the way I'm excited to watch what happens with Fanatics just play out. You know, there's obviously we have a lot of content uh, we're going to be able to talk about every every move, every whisper that happens. But I'm excited to see what happens with with your infinite project, Carp. Joe Perot. And a lot of people are starting to feel this way about you, Carp. Appreciative of how you understand the power of storytelling in collecting and in creating. And it's not it's not like you just it's not like you just kind of do it. You actually are very uh, deliberate about it because you believe in the story. You're one of the people who kind of drove a lot of the whole thing on Instagram where it's like, if you're going to post a picture of your card, tell a bit of a story, like give, give your followers something to read, try and educate, you know, a picture, a picture is, is, is entertaining, but a story can educate and it can inspire. And that, that's what you do do so well. Nice to see Joe recognize that. And I think other people do too. You want to say anything about that? Yeah. Well, thank you everyone. Uh, Thank you, Joe, about that. I I always say that like, although Instagram is, is posting our pictures, uh, pictures can tell a thousand words, add the second thousand, add the third thousand. If I truly want to see pictures of nice cards, that's great. I see Jordan Creole cards all the time. If I want to see nice pictures, you know, one of my favorite actresses is Scarlett Johansson. Her pictures pop up all the time through the algorithm. So it's like, I can see that all the time. Tell us the story. What did you give up? Why is it important to you? What's your iconic moment? And, and, and tell the story about the card because that provides provenance. And I think provenance is really important. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Uh, global good day, amigo. We got, we got Australia in the house. Josh says, I would like to hear what carbon thinks are the top few cards created in each sport. Do you want to take a quick stab at that? Well, it depends on in, in what genre, I guess, is it vintage? Is it not vintage? You know, so, so, I mean, two of the sports I probably have covered in, in terms of basketball and hockey and what I would think iconic uh, cards are. But if I take myself out of the picture, um, obviously, Arena Design did a great job with the PMGs. Green PMGs is, is spectacular. I think that's probably my my favorite card. Just the PMGs in general back in 97, 98, right? So 97, yeah. 98, that PMG. Um, and then the Platinum Portraits that, that were produced was just stunning back in the day in basketball. Uh, hockey wise, I mean, I got to go back to, you know, my, my, one of my favorite players, Bobby Orr, even though I'm not, I'm the TV, the TV set back in those days would have been black and white and had the, the little antenna years. It didn't have that. That's still an iconic design that also existed in football, I believe too. And, and that, that is one of my favorite designs, but I also like, you know, stuff like tops minis and baseball. Uh, those are interesting. Um, you know, the Gretzky year design, I actually not a big fan of that design. It's really bland to me. I actually like the second year Gretzky more, especially the tops one where you can scratch off the name. Yeah. You know, I thought that was fun, and that kind of ruins the value of your cards too, as well. But uh, you know, those are those are some of my uh, my favorite sets for because that those are sets that is nostalgic for me. I grew up in those years, so those that's why. But uh, other than the Crosby Ovechkin RPA and the uh, LeBron RPA and and those designs, I mean, we'll we'll put those on the back burner in terms of my favorite cards. Yeah, but you know, you're. It's almost like you're almost you're precluded from giving the correct answer. Well, not the correct, but your true answer because you did have so much to do with those cards. Yet 
the Crosby Ovechkin RPA, the LeBron RPA, they are among the most, they, they are the a correct answer to Josh's question. They are among the most important cards in, in their respective sports within the hobby. So, you know, you can be modest or you can just be honest and say, well, these are, these are up there too. Right. And they definitely are. And, and deservedly so. Right. Uh, Hits and chicks here says uh, carbon is the king. I'd like to see a carbon card. Well, there is a carbon card. What product is Allen and Ginter, right? Allen Ginter. Yeah. Allen Ginter card in 2015. Allen Ginter as one of their employee cards. They included distributors and I had an autograph card out of 10. So good luck finding that card. I know the location. I have one of those. I had to pay through the nose for it. And I know a location of a couple other ones. So um, the search is on. The search is on. I'm the yellow whale. You can call me the yellow whale. (laughs) (laughs) I have a nice inscripted copy uh, that you sent me a long time ago. Skeppy says, uh, if you could have a conversation with any person, dead or alive, past or present, to enhance your creative mind, who would it be with? I, I like this question for you. Wow, that's that's definitely tough. I mean, but and, and keep in mind to enhance your creative mind. That's the key to the question. Not not just you know, oh, I, I want to have I want to have a meal with Tom Brady or LeBron James or MJ. No, no, no. To I, enhance I, I your creative mind. Have, yeah, I, I mean, out of out of like current current people that I admire, uh, one of the people I admire is definitely Elon Musk. Elon Musk is like, you know, he thinks of an idea. And doesn't really say much after that, but his team provides that path. And um, he's he's a sensational in the way that he thinks. Like, you know, when I first heard of Tesla, I was like, an electrical car that goes, you know, zero to 60 in 4.5 seconds. I was like, no, there's no way electrical car. But he did it. And, you know, when he talks about traveling to the moon now, I mean, not to the moon, to Mars and living on Mars, it's like if there's one person that can really do it, it's probably Elon Musk. So. So for for me, Elon Musk is the, that type of personality. I love love to just dig back and talk to him. And and it's not really so much about being creative, but being a visionary and and what to expect. Uh, Stephen Jobs is another person that you know, obviously you know, for current people. Uh, and then the other one is Aaron Sorkin. Um, I, I feel that Aaron Sorkin is one of the most underrated directors and probably the greatest screenwriter of all time and the way that he presents his movies is completely different. Um, like if you watch this and if you don't know who he is, social network is his movie. He did the newsroom and on HBO. Uh, he also did the movie Steve jobs. So it's, it's interesting. If you watch how he does a biography of someone it's completely different than most biographies. So, or I don't know what we call them, not biography, but uh, you know, a movie about these, these uh, famous people like jobs. So, and then for uh, people the past, like Tesla would be one I would love to meet um, just because of whether he's crazy, whether he's a genius, we can say uh, Leonardo da Vinci, who has the same birthday as myself. So obviously he, there's, there's a tie in there with Leonardo. Uh, yeah, there you go. Tom Bowler knows my birthday. So <laughs> Leonardo da Vinci has the same birthday. So uh, Galileo, I'm a science major. So, you know, the fact that he knew about uh, gravity and, and so much more. So. So, anyways, those are a few to, to start. Fun, fun question. I, I enjoy a that question. a lot. I love it. Good evening to Corey Carr. Okay, let's. Uh, so we were gonna we were we were, went to the comments uh, before that. We were talking about some card. You wanted to show a card or two uh, that that you were your pickups of twenty twenty one. Why don't we uh, see what you want to yeah. show? Yeah. Well, you have yours. Let's let's see yours. 
Well, I wasn't planning on showing any cards tonight, but then uh, when we were chatting earlier today, you said, well, if you want to bring out your, uh, your your one card that you picked up, I so I, I pulled it out. But uh, there we go. As I'm rambling on, Carvin is showing us a 0506 Sidney Crosby, the Cup RPA rookie patch auto, one of one of his uh, creations, if you will. Tell us, tell us why you love this card. And, and oh, oh and a that's, just, uh, that's, a, that's not the ten. I, I didn't quite this one. Sorry. I, I have um I acquired the buyback. I thought this was the buyback, so I guess that's somewhere else. Uh, I'll have to show it another time. The buyback out of ten um, that I acquired too. But the the Sydney Crosby and what I love about this card is you know look at it's it's a single color. You know I know that if it's multicolor, it's it's worth a lot more. Number one single color. I I'm pretty confident that this was a single color to begin with, not a multicolor, and someone swapped out into a single color. So that I don't have to worry about. I don't have to look up Jeremy's uh, database. But number two, I, I actually look at the aesthetics of the card design more than anything else. So whether it's a single color or a multicolor patch, the design has to look great. And if I have to look at a card that has to be a multi-patch to make the design look better, then it doesn't make sense to me. So it's more about the card design than it is the patch. I love Sydney's Auto. It's a lot, really a lot like Gretzky's. Which, which I love, uh, and it's hard signed. And of course, this is his exquisite card or his cup card, his RPA out of 99. And also of significance, I watched the 2010 Olympics live at that event, so him scoring the golden goal, it makes more sense for me to collect Crosby, and he's Canadian. So here's the story I told my wife. So my wife was, I was talking to my wife, and I showed her this card, and she goes, uh, this is for Grace, my daughter, a little exquisite, right? And it's not to be sold. <laughs> And uh, she goes, well, what is that card worth? I go, well, that card's probably worth excess of six figures now. I assume over $100,000 roughly. It's a nine, one color nine. And my wife's like, well, what did you pay for it? I go, well, I paid a little bit short of 30K. And she goes, excuse me? You paid a little bit short of 30K for this card? I go, yeah, but it's worth like six figures. And she's like, no, no. You took out $30,000 to buy this card. And you that's what you know, like, back to that. I was like, yeah, but it's worth like 4X or doesn't matter. I can't believe you spent that much money on one card. So it just tells you the scope of my wife, what she thinks about trading cards. Like, there's no way you should be spending that kind of money on cards. So just, it's just, it was a chuckle. And I go, I guess I'll never tell you what I spent on a card ever again. That's time you how much it's worth. See, that's that's the every time I have a conversation with somebody, whether it's a, a you know private chat or a group chat or, or or a phone or even on 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 a show, and they talk about how oh you know my wife saw this, I can't do this, oh I'll get in trouble. I, my advice is, and I know it might not be realistic in many situations, but what do you guys tell? What do you guys do in telling your wives about this anyway? I mean, they if they're not going to support it, do it behind their back. It's a recipe for a great marriage, right there. Do it behind their back. I kid, I jest, of course, but, right. um, but, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it, it, and, and that, that, that adds a whole other element of, of the, the hobby for people when you do have that, those, you know, inside the house sort of battles, because you might, you know, that it's a great, it's a number one, it's a card you love, you're passionate about it. It's very, very special and important to you specifically, right. but you also know it's a pretty good investment. But just like with your family, the people, some people just don't understand how these things are so valuable. I found myself explaining it to uh, 
you know, one of the executives at the company I worked for a few weeks ago and explaining why these things are so valuable, showing them the evidence of what these things sell for. And they kind of, they, they, they're, they're mystified by it all. Yet for us, it just seems so normal and appropriate. Well, what's funny was that, so six, I just told her this about a couple months ago. So six months ago, because I got this in January and I told my mom the same story, she, same question. I was like, but it's worth more. No, it doesn't matter. You spent how much for that car? <laughs> it's the same question. So maybe us Asian, the Asian women had the same thought process. So that's that's what happens. That. <laughs> Troy makes a very Troy makes a very valid uh, point in the form of a question. Where can I get a wife that doesn't know I paid thirty k for a card? Yeah, that's definitely uh, a challenge for for most people, for sure, for sure. Um, okay, kind of go up, back up to a couple of comments here. Uh, yeah. What are some of the, so here we go. Adam Holgate says, what are some of the older music card sets to look at? So I'll point you to, um, I'm going to show, I, I just pulled up my phone here. So here's an, here's a John Lennon card that I bought. This is in my collection. I'll just show it to you guys. I have a picture on my phone. If, if you can see on the label, it's the 1965 Dutch set. And a lot of them are hand cut. I know it's hard to read the label on this phone, but that's a like that's I don't know. I think that's just a beautiful card. Here's look at this another 1966 Dutch unnumbered Mick Jagger. This was the first the first music or entertainment card I bought. I saw this thing on eBay. It's it's a PSA 4.5, so it's a, not the high grade. But I thought look at look at how young Mick Jagger is there. He's actually holding a cigarette on the card in the picture. I thought that was just so cool. So. You also find, and I know there's there's a group of, uh, of viewers out there who are going to laugh when I say this, but in addition to the what are known as Dutch unnumbered, there's also what are the the Swedish cards are called the <laughs> I'm going to say it everybody get ready get ready to poke your fun they're called the Samlar Sakers or Samlar Saker S A M L A R S A K E R Samlar Saker you can do a, a, a an eBay search or a Google search on that and you'll find uh, you'll find I believe that is the Swedish word for celebrity actually is what I what I, I had heard at one point. So there you go. They're usually uh, Swedish or Dutch. Well, a lot of these cards, I believe, are in magazines. So when you think about SI for kids, I think a lot of them, that's why they're hand cut. They came inside like a, a booklet with a with a whole uncut sheet and people hand cut all of them. It's like the Ollie, the 1960 Ollie card. It's a yeah. Swedish also magazine as well. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, Josh says, I'd rather have a single color so you know it's legit, talking about your Crosby RPA and a lot of RPAs. You know, there was the the whole patch faking was that was a bit of an epidemic back in the and it still exists. But that was happening mm -hmm. as far back as the like 2004, five, six. We had uh, we had a whole patch fake issue on our hands. We still have it on our hands. So hopefully that'll get to, that'll get itself taken care of. I, I took a stab at fighting against it i know kyle from the wax museum podcast he has a, a, a right. an image archive for basketball rpas i built one for the cup rpa several years ago and i'm sure other people are, are tracking certain cards as well it'd be nice to have all that consolidated into one database for sure definitely definitely yeah yeah i like this sean says enjoy hearing carbon's thought process on design aesthetic i i, I certainly agree with that and Eric S. says, my lady found a briefcase of graded cards while setting up for Christmas and asked, why are these, why are there stupid cards in there? Why are these stupid cards in there? I said that case can buy a house. Yeah, that should, 
that should kind of yeah, make but you got to be careful when you say that though, because as soon yeah. as you say that, they're like, okay, go buy the house then. Yeah, I want. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I want a shopping spree myself, right? Right. <laughs> yeah, Frankie makes it. My wife usually says, "Now it's my turn to spend the same amount." Right. That's the thing, but that's the difference when they, when you go on a shopping spree. You're spending those those expenditures end up on, on, as an expense on your income statement, whereas these cards, you know, smart buys end up as an asset on the balance sheet. That's a big difference. A big big difference. Yeah, Disco tells the girl about half of what he buys. That's good. That's good. Eric says Carvin makes fun of my wife all the time. No more. Yeah, there you go. Now you have some ammo on him, Eric, for sure. Anytime, Eric. Albert Jones, my lady says it ain't worth anything unless I sell them. Well, that is true. Well, it's true, but I mean, it's you, you. They're still worth something, you know. They're still worth something, even if you haven't sold them yet. Jacob found the Dutch and Swedish cards. Cool. You say, yeah, there is a site with checklists, which I I have a, a link to that somewhere as well, for sure. Disco went on a vacation with some eBay profits, so she's supportive now. That's good to hear. Good to hear. Sean's wife's hobbies are to spend money. Mine is revenue neutral. No complaints. There you go. Lennon is the goat. John Lennon is the goat. Yeah, that's why I picked up some John Lennon cards. I like my Mick Jaggers too, you know, and then there's the group cards. You get all four Beatles, all four of the Stones, that kind of thing. Really good. Here we go. PMN, welcome to the show, says music collectors tend to like posters, vinyl albums, patches, guitar picks, etc. not cards. So this is where I believe things could change. Why not cards? What Do they have something inherently against cards? Or is it just that albums and guitar picks are, are more relatable to music just like a game worn jersey or a game used bat is is more relatable or more directly related to to the sport to sports but we still collect cards i i see no reason why music fans wouldn't would be really adverse to getting into cards so if you look at these like these are almost like mini posters right so you know you think about it and it has foil that's different technologies the packaging is is nice so you get a packaging and you get it in 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 a inner uh, info card so this is what i'll say is that this is like a mini poster and i think when trading cards wasn't mainstream i would agree with you you know it's hard to introduce trading cards into music fans there's always going to be the music fan that wants to be true to true to form and say look at i like vinyl albums i like the artwork on the albums i don't like trading cards if we can get 10 percent of all music fans to come into trading cards we have five percent of music fans come in it's a win-win for us so that's what i want to try and do we're, we're trying to you know everyone hears about what trading cards are going for what rookie cards are going for and they may want to buy a card if they don't that's that's fine but we hope that these cards go up and then next time they're like you know what maybe i should go buy a card and that's what we want to see happen so so ultimately it can be part of the stable of collectibles if you're not going to try it now, when are you going to try it? This is the perfect yeah. time to try it. As well, so. well, I, I'm glad to see you helping the music genre, you know, move forward. You know, and and personally and selfishly, I did load up on a bunch, as I mentioned about a year ago. So maybe I was ahead of the game, and and your efforts now, your projects will will help, uh, you know, generate some value for the cards that I bought, maybe in excess of what I what I paid for them. That would be pretty pretty cool. Um, Sean right here says, I've done really well on Panini Smash Hits, thanks to Jeremy's Live a long while back. I did talk about them a little while ago. So I see Sean, uh, you know, kind of did some exploring. And, you know, that's how we find out about things, right? It's just through people sharing on Instagram, all the content out there. And, and then you you go to town and and start start building a collection around it. Uh, Jim, old music cards are cool. Picked up a 79 Warner Brothers 
Prince rookie card. I mean, that's pretty cool. To quickly answer your question, David Supple, the official, I believe the official RPA for NHL is Upper Decks, the cup. That would be, uh, which is one of Carbon's products, uh, product uh, architect. He architected, if that's the way to say it, back in the day. And then Milan, Milan's comment here, my wife stopped following my card page. That's like a blessing. That's like a, that's a, that, that works well for you too then, Milan, I, I'm sure. And I've, and I'm, I've seen, check out uh, at Kobe East Coast on Instagram for what is, now this will sound funny, but what is the finest, I believe, Derek Jeter collection on the planet. That'd be Kobe East Coast. <laughs> <laughs> Hockey guy makes fun of me, says, Jeremy is very proud of his Millie Vanilli and Vanilla Ice RCs. I do have those cards. Proud is a strong word, but I definitely do have them. So well, so here, Carve, you showed your Crosby. I'll show the one card. This would be my, my biggest pickup of 2021. So I'm going to reveal yeah. that. I mean, I've shown it before, but I'll, I'll show it again. My biggest and favorite pickup of all of 2021. I bought it at the National on the Wednesday night, when I saw it in the showcase, I could not believe my eyes that it was even there. And right. I, I tried to negotiate. The guy would not budge a dollar off of his price. And this was this was into the five figures. He would not budge. You know, I tried to budge here or there a little bit. Wouldn't move. Actually, he went as far as telling me, if I don't buy it right then and there, he's going to raise the price, which would have been by 33% the next day because he had forgot his price gun. Whether that was a negotiating tactic or not, it worked. I said, I'll take it. Didn't have the money on me. I go, I'll take it. And then I'm like, okay, but now I have to tell you that I don't have the money. I got to go find the money. I was able to find the money and pay for the card, but here it is. This is my number one acquisition of, I mean, could for sure last year, maybe even longer, but this is from a Carvin product. This is the 2009-10 you know, exquisite basketball collection. The the tribute RPA to Wayne Gretzky in the style of the LeBron James exquisite RPA. So carve up and with a beautiful, beautiful, bold auto, beautiful three color patch. Yeah. Carve, tell talk a bit about like the tribute RPA, its significance in the hobby, and 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 the whole thing about putting hockey cards into a basketball product and and that sort of thing. Sure. So so in 0910, uh we we obviously were faced with you know the licensing going exclusive to Panini, and creating the last set. We we didn't really have any RPAs. We didn't we had rookie autographs, but we couldn't secure patches. Most of the patches are secured at the photo shoot, and we were not part of the photo shoot in 0910. So so in order to, to insert some RPAs, I I decided to say hey let's do a tribute to LeBron's rookie card number, and the whole set was done in that style. So why not do the same card number and basically the the greatest of all legends and i don't think gretzky was no he wasn't the first one he was in the 0910 exquisite uh and then there was like peyton manning was in there barry sanders was in there uh, i want to say joe montana was in it uh of course the creme de la creme is one of my favorite cards is the michael jordan lebron tribute card so michael jordan was in it and then that that's the one card that i wish i bought like even like back in 2019 because it was like a fifty thousand dollar car. I didn't have the money for it, but you know now it's probably worth uh, over one hundred and fifty now. So uh, that card is higher. Okay, well there you go. It's even higher than that. And and it was just like having having that tribute. I wanted to have something like okay, we're losing the LeBron RPA, the exquisite collection. Why not have all the goats? Uh, and then later on, I think Upper Deck even continued 
been further and added that card into hockey products. So, um, and also the, there's a couple of basketball products that will include like people like Tiger Woods later. And that's just a, a continuation of that LeBron tribute card. So, uh, and LeBron had one too himself in the, uh, the high school uniform, I believe that to Vincent St. Vincent St. Mary. So yeah, it's, uh, it, it's, it's, it's such a, iconic you know moment and and reflecting on five years of exquisite to, to do a lebron tribute and getting him back as a as a rookie card but yet it's not him it's the other goats yeah you've got magic johnson and larry bird i believe are in the original set as well yeah. they're 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 awesome cards patrick, to me, Waugh. patrick Waugh, that's right so the thing about this card though is that you know some players who were in that who have been in these tribute rpa sets had actual rpas in their in their rookie year Whereas this guy and Michael Jordan, they did not. Bird and Johnson, they they did not have actual RPA. So to me, this is his. Now it's going to sound crazy because it's not a true rookie card, but it's no. still as close as I think we're ever going to get to a true RPA for Wayne Gretzky. And because I I love this card, like listen, if I'm ever going to get accused of of, a, of hyping up a card that I own, it'll be it'll be this one. I will hype this card all day long because to me, it's the best Gretzky card ever made. In my opinion, it's the best Gretzky right. ever made. I, I absolutely love it. Like I, I, I just gush over this thing. Can't believe I had the chance to to acquire one. To be honest with you, especially since you know we had the chances when it first came out, but back then it was like, oh, we didn't understand what j- just how significant it was going to be down the down the road. So we we're buying other things at the time. But I'm very, very uh, happy to have this card. So again, that that that's my biggest uh, my biggest pickup of 2021. And uh, someone asked me if I plan to get it graded. Yeah, I'll definitely have it slabbed uh, at some point. Uh, but it's gonna be a it's gonna be at the at a point where you know whether I use PSA or BGS, it'll be it'll basically right. be because I'm at the national there. It'll be a same day sub. I'm not gonna ship it off. I'm gonna have that done same day. You know, drop it off in the morning, pick it up at the end of the day in the same building. Neither of us will leave that building during that time. Me nor the card. So. But I will. I will. I will at some point for sure. For sure. Thank you, Milan. Says awesome pickup. Well worth it. Uh, Sanderson Dora, the Gretzky is ridiculous. It is, though. There's Troy asked if I would get it graded. Eventually, I will definitely have that graded. Definitely. Definitely. Okay. Well, Carve. Yeah. Justin Bode says it's amazing. Thank you. Anyone buying football before the playoffs? Says Chris J. I'll leave that to the chat. Josh says that card deserves a lot of hype, though I think so too. Sometimes hype is warranted, and it isn't for it isn't for self gain purposes. I would say. Skeppy says, would a music card made while the artist is still producing music carry a certain type of nostalgia premium or value to it? I think so. I think the same kind of fundamentals would apply as they do to sports cards. The earlier, the better would be my thought. Um, yeah, that that would be my thought. I think it's as simple as that. Card, do you have anything to say to that? Well, the good thing about musicians, musicians, they can be singing for 40 years. So it's not like their their playing career or their singing career is going to be cut short. So they're always going to be performing. Maybe they won't have any new albums out, but they'll always be performing. So, um, you know, it's a little bit more elongated career when it comes to that. And they're not going to retire soon. So I, I think there there is some validity to that. Um, you know, unfortunately, even if you have like multiple hits, is that going to raise their rookie cards? I don't know if that's if that's going to be the situation. So, but yeah. either way, I, we're just happy to be able to work on anybody that uh, that that is, uh, you know, like that kind of status, right? Like the weekend is 
you know, something that just fell into our lap and we're just excited um, that he's been prolific. I mean, hit after hit after hit. And the fact that he comes from Toronto just makes it hit home even more. So that much sweeter. More so than a Canadian player. More so than a Canadian hockey player. Right. So. Just because there's several, there's many of those. That's 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 not right. rare at all. But uh, right. yes. But hey, we in Canada now we are home too. You know, the weekend, uh, the Beebs. We got the Beebs on our side too, right? He's he's definitely an international superstar, among others. Uh, want to welcome C. Eddie B. to the show. That is my guy, Neil. Great to see you. Jordan Hudson, uh, I'm not looking for a new job, but thank you very much. What's up with you? What's up with you? Uh, great question here from Latrell Sprewell. Is the American Dream? Says, Carbon, what made you decide to make Exquisite? What was the impetus for you to do it? That's a great question. Let's hear, uh, let's hear that. So in 2001, uh, SP Authentic Football was the first ever set, I believe, in any set to have an RPA. So the rookie card patch autographs. It was an idea that was given to us by the sales teams. Like, hey, we've never seen a rookie card patch autograph. So so in that year, SBA had three of them, Michael Vick being one of them. I believe the other two was Rod Gardner and Freddie, Fre Freddie Brown. And then the rest were just either auto or patch only or no, nothing at all. And uh, immediately the, the question was asked to me and say, hey, why don't you do a rookie patch auto RPA for basketball and SPA basketball? I'm like, no, we're not doing it. There was a lot of pressure on me to do it. And uh, thankfully, my mentor, which was the VP at the time, he's like, look, at, just let Carbon do what he wants to do. And he, he gave me the authority to really kind of say, talk back to the, the sales team. And basically, we had the discussion. I said, look, is SP Authentic basketball struggling? No, it's not. Okay, well, we have a really bad rookie crop. So it might struggle, but having a bad rookie crop and doing an RPA is probably not going to give it the lift that you're thinking it is. So, so I kind of, I, I, I always promised the sales team I would bring it back in some form of a manner, like an RPA in a set, whether it's SPA. And I said, you know, if there's a, there's an ultimate set at the time, I said, why not do it as a nicer set, a much more higher end set, and we can discuss later. And then when I saw that SI, SI cover of LeBron James as the chosen one, that's when I knew I was like, okay, we got to create a, a much more higher end set. And that's what we did. Uh, if it wasn't for LeBron coming in the rookie, the rookie class, exquisite might not even happen. So. Yeah. Fair, fair. Mm -hmm. All right, man. So listen, we, we, we've kind of gotten off track here. I did have uh, I do have uh, uh, some show notes to go through. Okay. So let's, let's move on to some of the topics that, uh, that we discussed before that we were going to talk about. Cause I think there's some real interesting stuff here. So I'm going to kind of go away from the, the comments from the chat right now for a few minutes as we uh, as we move forward. So which one do you want to touch on first, Carve? Do you want to touch on uh, the, the philosophy of collecting or do you want to touch on design and embracing the, the designers and that sort of thing? Well, I thought you wanted to do the recap. We can do a fast recap if you want to. Or, on um, 2021? Yeah, 2021, 2022. Let's, let's just move forward okay. quickly. Sure. Yeah. So I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to, I basically today, I kind of just, I didn't do any real research. I just went through my memory of, of kind of the big headlines in the mm -hmm. hobby in, in 2021. And um, I'm just going to write down two more that I just popped into my head actually. So I don't forget them. So I'll list these out carbon and then you decide which one you want to talk about. Cause I don't think we're going to have time to go through in depth each one, but here's, Sure. Here's what here are the ones that I've identified, and I apologize to anyone who might have been the subject of any any news that I just 
just to, to just escape my mind today. But here we go. We had the we had what I'm referring to as the Q1 bubble in in yeah. in 2021. Leaf brings back the ProSet brand. The grading companies have to shut down uh, sub submissions. Golden and Golden Auctions and Card Ladder both sell their companies to Collectors Universe. Golden announces the Netflix show. Upper Deck hires Gene McLeod of Arena Designs. PWCC leaves eBay. Fanatics hijacks the MLB, NBA, and NFL licenses. Upper Deck extends with NHL and NHLPA. Uh, the NIL uh, rules come into effect. Tracy Hackler recently leaves Panini to go into the card shop business. And the last one, the rise of card porn. A very, a very uh, out there, not out there, but a, a very uh, present entity in the hobby right now with a lot of eyes on it. So that's, those are the, the headlines that I've identified. Anything, I know I've forgotten some, so chat, feel free to, to you know, remind us and put them in there. But Carb, anything from that list that you'd like to uh, start with? So the card, let's, let's talk about the bubble that everyone talks about. Is it really a bubble? And understand something that, look at our, our business is like any other business. There's always going to be rise and fall during a, a, a year. And what you're going to always see is that right now, everyone's saying that certain cards are coming down. There's, there's kind of a drop off. And it's because it's Christmas. Christmas time, people want to go on holidays. They want to buy gifts. Uh, there's also the fact that you know a lot of people made money in this year, and they're they're really buying Grail cards because that takes up a lot of their capital, and that helps offset taxation, capital gains taxes too. And also, you know, they're not buying the they're probably selling off more of their lower end cards, and thus you're seeing a drop off in those things and those commodity cards, but you're seeing a rise in Grail cards for that reason. So typically, even after the national, we see a drop off in our business from august on that actually was delayed this year it, it probably started more like november on and we see a drop off usually we do see year to year cycle around middle of january it comes back again and i think a couple of things happened because we're still in the middle of the pandemic the dallas show had a lot to do with it being the only show going on at the time and then thus we had some celebrities coming in buying that Michael Jordan card that ended at 720 on Golden. So that added to it. And all of a sudden, the first, that was in January, that first show in January till March, everyone was buying goat, basketball goats and then led to football goats and, and so on and so on. So I, I wouldn't call it a bubble. It's just basically normal business cycles. And you're always going to have people that are going to buy on the ups and, and sell on the downs. And you're always going to see that. So, so what I would say is that if you're really looking at speculating and getting rid of your cards, the best thing for you to do is to sell into the demand. And don't worry, as soon as you sell the card, never look back. Just never look back. Whether it goes down, what goes up, it doesn't matter. You've already profited it or you've already gotten rid of your, your assets. So, so it comes down to it. When you sell into the demand, you're going to get the top dollar. Because even if it's, the card goes up higher and it's, it's falling, people don't want to pay what comps are. They're going to pay comps minus how many. How much, right? When it's in demand, people will pay up, pay above comp. And that's with any type of demand and supply type chart that you're looking at. Selling into what people want, you're gonna get top dollar. Could it go higher? Yes, it can. Like the Tom Brady's of this year, right? Tom Brady's have gone higher and higher, and you're probably going, man, I sold it too cheap. But at the end of the day, if you did well, you did well. Let's move on, right? So that's about the Q1 bubble. Um, I mean, we can talk about fanatics. I think uh, that definitely blindsided a lot of uh, the companies. And, you know, 
they they got the partnership of the leagues and involved and you know as much as we want to speculate they're going to buy out companies they're not going to buy out companies i i would just say you know what we can't control the future we don't know what's going to happen i'm not so sure if fanatics know what's going to happen but let's 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 say let's talk about fanatics fanatics has a huge platform huge marketing direct to consumer look at they you know josh luber's talked about the 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 essential brick and mortars i'm sure distributors are part of the um, discussion as well but they're going to look at expanding it into multiple areas of, of trading cards and if there's one company that has you know it's like what the nhl always says to me gabe mccarthy from the nhl his quote is always every card collector is a hockey fan is a is a hockey fan it's a fan of the nhl but not every fan of the nhl is a card collector right now in the last two years we've seen more nhl fans become card collectors but guess what fanatics has access to every nhl fan so offering trading cards become the, the perfect medium for them to say hey you want to buy trading cards right and especially with what the company is you know they did evaluation where the company has a valuation of i'm sure they're going to incorporate trading cards as part of their commercials their intermission commercials and all that and yeah. now cards become very mainstream right intermission halftime sorry i'm thinking hockey now intermission so but anyways, uh, I, I think, uh, it, you know what, whether you guys are scared, fearful or unknown, fear of the unknown, I would say stay positive. Look at embrace, embrace fanatics, whatever, which way they move, right? But always embrace it, be positive, but then always hold them accountable for what they do. So that's all we can do. Just make sure that uh, you keep them saying, you know, hey, this is the best idea. Maybe it you could you could have some constructive criticism maybe this is the best angle you know they you know josh has been uh talking about how he wants to have cards on every street corner for kids and all that and that's a great thing so you know we need to be mindful of the next generation of collectors that come into play right so good okay and we'll leave it at that with fanatics because it's been covered uh, ad nauseum uh, across all content uh, platforms. So, but uh, good, good overview there, Carp. Anything else from that list that I uh, that I? Well, I, you know, for 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 Gene and and Arena Design, Gene and Howe, you know what? I'm I'm so happy to see them being recognized as someone that worked, did a lot of work in the '90s that were critical to the designs of the '90s, and uh, call it a collaboration or acquiring their services. Really, at the end of the day, their name should be on the products, and it could be called a collab between Arena and, and Upper Deck, right? Um, just like similar to what we see in Project 70 and Project 2020, and uh, even in the shoe business, right? The names are always collabs, like collab between, you know, uh, Ben Baller and and then Tops, or let's say it's uh, the Infinites uh, with with Nike or something like that, or SoFly with Nike. So there's there there should be some collaboration. They should be accredited for it. Uh, I think it's recognized that we should be recognizing talent on companies. And, um, you know, this leads into the, the one of the discussions we want to talk about was, which is the, you know, today's terminology, I was kind of weird, you know, when I heard this was called the great resignation and, uh, more and more people are leaving their jobs. They're resigning from their jobs and it doesn't even matter what they're getting paid now. It's, it's after the pandemic, people have found a way to maybe have side hustles. Maybe they're not happy. Maybe they want to work from home and they don't want to go back into the, the office to work and they're finding ways to, to make a living other other ways. So all I would say is that uh, for for corporations, for good companies like, you know, I work for a distribution company 
uh, GTS. They, they do a great job in creating a positive culture for us and embracing us. Um, you got to just, even though it may be a, a virtual hug, hug your, hug your team members, give them the platform, recognize their efforts. And I think in the trading card world, you know, we see collabs with artists and, and, and outside artists, maybe, you know, we should recognize the people that work for the trading card business inside the trading card business. It's, it's great that arena design got, you know, got, uh, got recognized for all their nineties design. And, and of course there, a lot of people know what I've done. Right. And once again, it's not just me, there's a whole team of people that work with me. So, so down to the designer, the graphic designer work with, I just provide creative direction and, you know, the difference between uh, someone like myself and other designers, some other designers is that I do, I started as a collector first and foremost, right? I'm a collector. So that's why I bond with you guys a lot when it comes to collecting and, and understanding collecting and just whether it's a base card or whether it's a, a PMG or an autograph, an RPA, you know, I love it all. And I love the community, the engagement of the community and the social aspect of what we have together more so than the cards itself. So the other, the other items I think on the, what happened in 2021, you know, we'll, we'll see. I'm looking forward to watching Kenny Golden and his show, The Golden Touch, I believe it's called. And on Netflix, uh, I'm, you know, and he said that, I believe Kenny said that the first episode will be filmed at the, uh, at the Mint Collective in Las Vegas. So I'm sure Jeremy, you'll probably be part of it because they can do the whole pan of getting you up there along with uh, Chris and Josh, you know, you three will meet the card ladders. <laughs> I would uh, definitely not turn that that turn down the opportunity to, to be on an episode of the Golden Touch. That's for sure. Uh, Troy throws out this uh, additional highlight: just massive national attendance. And I'll I'll take that as far as saying that the comeback of card shows. We had card shows again in 2021, and the Dallas show really seemed to generate a lot of excitement uh, early in 2021. So, and then with that is the rise of content, more and more content, and quality content. I don't know if you guys have seen the the episodes of the Card Shop put out by uh, Rob Veris and Burbank Sports Cards, but they just they just dropped episode number seven on their YouTube channel uh, yesterday or the day before, and that is some high quality content right there. That's like that's like watching a show on the History Channel. They're doing they're doing a great job along with other high quality content creators out there too. But um, the rise of content is certainly something. And you know, you just mentioned like. You know, uh, Gene McLeod and Earl from Arena Designs getting getting their due recognition, yourself getting your due recognition. I mean, you said at the beginning of the show that you kind of were you kind of through my through Sports Cards Live, you kind of got thrown out into the public eye again. And uh, and same with Gene and Earl. They got their start really through um, Cardboard Chronicles and uh, and Jordan Hagedorn. Uh, going out and, and doing a lot of work with them. So it's really been the collectors that have brought that that. The, it's the collectors, myself, you know, the Josh uh, from Cardboard Chronicles and Jordan, people like us, collectors, recognizing the creators of these collectibles of these cards and bring and doing it ourselves, bringing them to the forefront. And now there's also there's notoriety and there's you know you've got hey you've got the blue check mark on Instagram now. I mean that's that's pretty cool, right? Yeah. It, it is. Uh, a few people contacted me at nine o'clock at night and it's like, hey, dude, did you look at your Instagram? I said, no. I was like, you got the blue check mark. I'm like, I did? He goes, yeah. So I, I think I had to do a, a lot with uh, the Fast Company article that had me tagged in the headline. Uh, but I mean, ultimately, you know, notoriety or not, I mean, it's not, 
you know, for a long time, I didn't even, wasn't on Instagram. I wasn't doing anything on Facebook or Twitter. Um, I think uh, there was a collector by the name of Michael Kramer. He's a young collector, 19 years old, I believe, or maybe 18 at the time at the National in 2019. And uh, he was just there on the ground. Like the bar shut down. I was having drinks with the owner of the company. And uh, another ex-employee of uh, Tops, uh, ex-VP, David Real. And he was standing looking at this guy, this kid who's a teenager. And he says, hey, what are you doing over there? He goes, uh, you, I'm trading cards. And he goes, so what do you collect? He goes, well, I collect Dr. J and I collect exquisite cards. So, so he, you know, uh, my colleague David just chuckled and he said, do you know who this guy is? And I was standing next to him. He, I go, he goes, no, who is he? He goes, he's the guy that created exquisite. And he's like, no, you're, you're just, no, there's no way that he created exquisite. There's absolutely no way. And he goes, well, why don't you ask him a couple of questions about exquisite? So we started chatting. We chatted for like an hour and a half. And he was like, oh, my God, you are the guy that created exquisite. <laughs> he goes, and we, we started talking about some stories. And that's when he said, dude, you got to go on some live stream shows. You got to go Instagram all the stuff. This stuff is golden. We love this stuff. We'll eat it all up. And and he goes, he goes, people need to know who you are. And I, I was like. Yeah, I, I like to talk a lot, so that's why I'm on Clubhouse sometimes. And you know, I rather just tell people I create quiz. I don't really, I don't like writing. Every time I do an, an Instagram post, that's why I only have 99 posts. I spend like two hours trying to figure out, like in my mind, how to write this down and then get it down to within the limit of the Instagram post. So it's extremely tough. Not that I spend a lot of time in it, but I'm just trying to create the body in my mind and and type it out and make sure it's coherent. And at, at the end of the day, it's still badly written. So, uh, <laughs> but. But but Instagram is 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 that opportunity, and that's why you know for my daughter, that's really that's why I thought it's for the collectors, but it's also for my daughter. And yeah. going back to the infinite, um, you know, obviously I don't work in sports cards anymore or in the sports industry, uh, now with the NHL, the NBA, or NFL, and my daughter cannot go to these games. Like when when I when look, I'm 50 years old, we're almost the, we're in the same bracket, like uh, Generation X. And when I was working, everyone else had their kids and they can bring their kids to these events to whether it's, you know, Stanley Cup finals, all-star games, they can bring their kids. I left the business and I'm, I had my daughter at 50. So <laughs> I can't bring her into a, a game unless I pay for it. Or I can't, I'm not even have access to some of the events I went to. So what if now in the music business, like I can talk to Billboard and maybe Billboard can give me two tickets to the award show. And now I can bring my daughter. Now she can experience you know like you know taking your daughter taking your child to work type idea right and yeah my work is way more interesting than the average person and she's gonna love it and she's gonna grow up in that i want her to partake in that and and saying if i said no to the music industry can you imagine i was like well guess what uh, grace i had a chance to bring you to the grammys but i didn't take it you know i didn't take that job or whatever you know, I wouldn't say that to her, but you know, I just want to bring her so that she can partake in those experiences and and come along for the ride now, because now she can experience. She doesn't have to listen to the stories. She doesn't have to look at my past. She can say, "I experienced it now." So that's that's what it is. It's legacy for her now to enjoy. Yeah, yeah. No, that, that's you've made that evident. That's that's a, that's a great a great driver, a great reason to to be motivated. So mm -hmm. good on you for that. Did you want to talk at all about? the philosophy of collecting or did we do you feel you already covered what you wanted to say about that when we talked about the uh, q1 and the up the ups and downs in the hobby i, I really think that uh, when people want to like in terms of collecting this is what i will say 
lately I've been hearing um, some negative tones and, and not reaching out to other collectibles. Like we 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 now recently uh, we see video game collectors, comic book collectors, Funko collectors. Um, obviously, the most polarizing is probably NFTs. And we can talk about the grid if you you want to choose. But talk about the grid. So the grid is another company that um, I have some associations with. It's taking a one of a kind type game use item and the game use item will be tokenized and it'll be available on the grid and you'll get a random piece of a memorabilia and it, it comes down to it comes in a form of an nft with every purchase of an nft and these can be traded on OpenSea um, as the marketplace uh, you'll get a collector score once you achieve a certain collector score the person that achieves that collector score will have the rights to own the actual one-of-a-kind item. And these are like these are going to be one of the type of items that are going to be GOAT-type moments. So it could be someone winning a championship. It could be like Kobe's last game, his pair of shoes, or his warm-ups or something of that nature. Uh, like those type of items that are never found in the open market. And what we want to do is that in NFTs, obviously, we, we hear about CryptoPunks. We hear about board eight yacht clubs. The community is very strong. They're they're great, you know, IPs, but there's not a lot of nostalgia in NFTs. So once again, we're trying to create nostalgia with these GOAT moments or GOAT players because of that moment, how many pieces of memorabilia are there with associated with that moment? Very few. So it can really appease one, two, maybe three collectors. Now we bring it all the open and multiple people can own an NFT associated with that moment. So we want to start bringing nostalgia into NFTs. And the same applies for music too. You know, music has nostalgia and, and hopefully that can bridge over nostalgia with NFTs. So I think, uh, and at, at the same time, if we have a company that does both like the infinite, we hope that we can bring NFT collectors back into trading cards as well. So we want to cross pollinate both, both categories. So I, I really want people to be more positive because at the end of the day, the the hobby is stronger with a bigger community and more engage more engagement amongst people, new people coming in and and just receiving people, be receptive to new people coming in. Because that makes it a better hobby for everyone. Uh, obviously if there's bad actors, we gotta call them out, you know, keep them accountable. And and if people don't know the understand the ways. Then it's up for us OGs or us that are collectors to really help educate them, help guide them along. You know, obviously not give them picks or give them players to, to do, but tell them how to do the research and, and show them the way and, and lead them to the path of how to become a good collector. You know, as much as it's a it's a 30-year-old collector or or a five-year-old child, it's the same same kind of mentality is that receive who they are and, and guide them. Don't be combative and don't say, go back to the collectible that you collect, right? And that's why I want, I want everyone to understand is that, you know, if we lose 60% of all the people engaged in our hobby, we all lose. So let's try to maintain and grow and get another 20, 25% more, right? And, yeah. and that will make it much more stronger. So. And I think one, I think one of the easiest ways to lose that large percentage of, of newcomers into the hobby is to focus so much on how cards are down since, you know, March of 2021 from March till now. That's where I see a lot of the negativity coming from when I'm, when I'm just, you know, 
scrolling through Instagram or watching videos on YouTube, it's so much about how the card market is down. And I don't know. I mean, I, I follow cards I own and uh, I don't have many cards that are going down in value. I have a few. I have a Zion. I have a Zion card. I have a Luca card. Yeah. And I mean, the base prisms, you know, yeah, they're going down in value, but that's the, the, the extreme minority for cards that, that I own. And I know I'm not everybody. I've got a very unique collection, just like we all do. But, you know, if you, and I, I put a post out on Instagram the other day, basically like, you know, if you zoom out, if you just zoom out a little bit, the card, you know, the indice, the CL50, uh, right. it, everything's up. Everything's up. If you zoom out to 2019 and before, you only have to go, you only have to zoom out to actually, you only have to zoom out to early 2020 to see that the hobby is the cards are up in value. So all the negativity, not this negativity, but the, the reporting by people that the hot, the car, everything's going down in value. Everything's crashing. Um, I just don't see the evidence or the data to support that even in, within 2021 for some, for sure. But again, if you take out Q1 of 2021, you remove that from all the graphs, we have a very nice, very nice ascending uh, curve right. that that is that that has been kind of going in that direction for many years. You know, it, it's steeper now than it was in the in the 90s, the 2000s, but it's still going in that same direction where where it's not everything's not crashing. You take out Q1, the hobby is as healthy as it's ever been, and the fact that it hasn't completely crashed might be very uh you know telling as to the just how stable it really is how how strong the foundation of collectors are that keep these things propped up as we move forward well and, and the one thing that i want to talk about is the death of base right that's why i hear all the time base cards look at base cards base rookie cards that's the foundation of our hobby like for example like hockey young guns young guns upper deck is the foundation of hockey right Tops Chrome in the past has been the foundation of basketball rookies, football rookies, Prism now for, for, for basketball and football as well. So let's not talk about the death of base. Like for example, like if we're gonna talk about death of base, here's the one problem: we talk about engaging children and getting kids in the hobby. If we tell them that every single base card is worth nothing, how do they come into the hobby now? They got to grasp on something, right? So it, look at it being a rookie card of Lamelo Ball. For $30, maybe their best card. So I think that that narrative that we presented, we have to be careful. We got to be stay positive. And, and ultimately, it's like uh, we talk about this in Clubhouse, and, and I, I mentioned it before too is like base is like plankton, it's the bottom of the food chain. And for collectors to become, you know, eating plankton, to become a, a predator in the ocean, right? You got to start buying base and eating up base, and then, and then you move on to the next thing, and you move on. It's basically that, that cycle. The, the ecosystem to become a, an, an ultimate you know gold collector or uh, the biggest predator. So so ultimately, look at plankton feeds the entire environment. Without plankton, the whole ecosystem is dead. So without base, to be honest, our hobby could be dead. So we need to really have the narrative say, look, if you don't like your base, I understand that it might have been driven up too high, but then just start giving your base to kids. If you're thinking your base has no value and it's the death of base, start handing them out to kids and say, hey, here's a $100 Zion rookie. Here's a $50 Jaw rookie. Because guess what? If Zion comes well, that that kid is going to, that child is going to say, wow, I got this as a gift and now it's worth 500 bucks. Well, that, man, I, I sold an Alexander Ovechkin young gun to 
my exes to my ex for her son. I mean, that there, there's another story in itself. I sold right. her, I sold her a, 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 an Ovechkin young gun for her little boy. I think I charged 150 bucks. However, right. you know, I don't know, four or five years ago, the kid got it graded by PSA. It came back at PSA 10. Now the thing's worth like, you know, I don't know, nine, $10,000 USD. Like it's just, right. it's gone crazy. That's a base card. And here's a kid who has a whole new outlook on life. I mean, this this kid is, I don't know if he's 10 years old even, like he's really young and he's got this $10,000 asset now that's going to, you know, likely pay for something major down the road for him. So, you know, there are, there like you're saying, you're, you're making a good point. Uh, some cards are going, some even some base cards, but I, I do question the one thing you said. When you say that, you know, the, the whole the whole metaphor with uh, plankton, you know, yeah. I don't know that base cards are still the foundation of the hobby. They were, they definitely were, and they brought us to where we are today. But I don't know if they're still at the foundation of the hobby. I, and I'm not saying they're not. I'm just right. saying I'd want to have a, a a longer discussion about that to convince sure. you. Well, here's here's the thing: when you open product, like the, the products like score, like let's say score hoops, right? For football and basketball or tops or let's say prism or tops you know tops chrome like soccer or baseball or bowman bowman first it's all base cards that you're getting in a box you're not getting the autograph version of that card so so once again card collecting is not just about buying cards and flipping cards or selling cards or holding on to cards but it's also the people that open boxes if you say that right now if i open a box and i get all these base cards base rookies and then i get base cards like this if you're saying the base is worth nothing then it becomes like this right who would want to buy a second box then right yeah sports cards it's about repeat purchase models so yeah. so it comes down to stop making this value like right now this is the value this is the the regular cards right stop making this like this make it keep it like this and then people with the perception the entertainment value is there for opening boxes imagine if you're opening you're right. Pocket. No, hey, Carve. It's kind of you. You need you need that that comparison, right? You need the dichotomy between the 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 base and and the hit, and that's really what that's really that's the foundation of the hobby. It's it's that's not right. the base. It's the base and the fact that there's more than base now. And I want to bring up a comment here. Alexander makes this comment that the most iconic cards are base cards, and he names three amazing cards, but they existed when the, when all there was was base. So. Right. It's kind of like I understand Alexander's comment, and he says the CL50 is full of base cards. Yes, of of course, but many of them there was nothing else. There there was no there were no nothing to compare it to back in oh. those days. So let's take five years ago. When you go five years ago, a lot of the rookie cards, like I, I always compare it to Bowman. Not so much hockey. Hockey, believe it or not, I believe hockey has the most healthiest community, hobby community. And, I agree, and that's why young guns are worth so much money back then and to be honest that the rise of young guns hasn't gone up that much in comparison to other sports right but if you got a prism rookie card no one even cared to keep the prism rookie card no one even wanted the prism rookie cards like six years ago six years ago on top of 2015 2014 2012 13 people were throwing away all the Kawhi leonard rookies all the all the kyrie irvings anthony davis they were all thrown away right uh first year of World Cup soccer, everyone threw away 14 World Cup soccer, Ronaldo's, Messi, all those cards, right? Now they're all worth money, but now they're coming down. Everyone says it's a death of base. 10 years ago, eight years ago, that was a death of base. 
and base has gone up like this and now everyone's worried about the death of base no base is around the state and that's what has led to the meteoric rise to our hobby today so i don't just don't like that narrative that's death of base well, it's not and car the death of base is 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 anchored in q1 of 2021 just like i, I was saying before right if right. if we didn't have luca prism luca prism base psa 10 selling for two thousand dollars at one point in 2021 along with the zions and everybody else no one would be saying that there was the death of base the death right. the base has only died relative to where it was in 20 in early 2021 otherwise it's so doing it's, very well so it's more of an adjustment period it was a sell-off right and, and you know you're always going to have sell-offs uh, profit taking and is it was it really worth two thousand dollars for a psa 10 is it really worth like 300 rom maybe it's worth a lot less right but still it's still the found that's why i call it the foundation because for kids to, to get into the to the to hobby they got to open boxes at a reasonable price prism score and when you get a little ball rookie you say oh that's junk well, how much is he going to want to come back in the hobby or start his collection when you say that's junk? It's not junk. Yeah. That's the key hit in the set. You know, yes, if you get an auto, that's great. But the autos are one in a thousand packs or one in 5,000 packs. So let's not think of that. Or they're going to be ripping $5,000 or $10,000 to get that autograph. So yeah. I'm not a perfect, perfect mix. So I, that's that's why I wanted to address is that, look, if we got to stay positive. We want to invite more people. We want to get kids into it. But these some of these negative narratives, and I get it, negative tones and negative narratives help provide more publicity. We see it in the mainstream media and we see it in the card media, the sports card media. But let's let's get away from that narrative. Let's be more inviting, let's be positive, and I think we'll maintain our hobby in a much more better, better way. Agree. So let's, not, let's not speak of the 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 demise of our hobby into into truth, right? Like let's not, let's not yeah, let's not turn into a self-fulfilling prophecy, but there there are some out there who would probably like to see that happen. But um Albert Jones says, What is CL50? That is the card ladder 50 index. Cardladder.com is where you can find that index and exactly what cards uh, are, are comprised of it. Uh really a, a nice index for sure. Lots of good comments coming through here. We've got about we got about 15 minutes left, Carve. Um Looking through the notes here, we we have talked. We haven't really talked about you know, twenty twenty two a ton yet. You know, we along along with finding ways to keep kids involved, and you know, I, I'm a big fan of giving away base cards on Halloween along with the candy. I've heard, I've said that a hundred times. I, I encourage everyone to give out give out sports cards. Get a team bag, throw ten base in there. Maybe the odd jersey card. Give those away on Halloween to the kids in your neighborhood. But what about uh, Ken Golden and the Netflix show that's going to be coming out this year? I mean, now all of a sudden we're going to be appealing or, or reaching not only we're going to reach some kids through the hobby is going to reach some kids through that through that channel, but we're also going to reach a lot of adults who are then going to be reintroduced to the hobby who maybe didn't catch wind of it during the pandemic and now they will catch wind of it if they're watching Netflix and they're going to now say, "Hey, son, daughter." 12 year old let's go let's go grab my old binder of cards and look at them together because look at the golden touches on tv and let's see what we have i mean i think that's going to be a big mm -hmm. a, 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 i think it's going to have a like a measurable change uh or growth growth factor to the hobby in 2022 what are your thoughts 
Well, I think the first thing is going to happen, which has already happened in, in many cases, is that people will be digging through their attics and their basements to find their collection from from 20 years ago and, and see what the cards are worth. Because, you know, everyone always thinks that their cards was in perfect perfect condition. And we pulled it out of a pack and we put it in a top loader or we put it into the, the binder pages. So I think that's that's awesome that people will think that. Um, and it, it comes down to we're going to see more and more stuff come out, more and more more and more like, uh, you know, even those old sets, like maybe some people have estates um, that hasn't been touched and then those will be coming out. And and to be honest, as much as we think that collectors, every single collector knows what prices are at, a lot of them don't know what prices are at. So when they see a show on Netflix about trading cards, say, hey, I used to collect trading cards, let's watch it. And they realize, wow, my my 51 Bowman set is worth that much or a certain cards of Bowman, 51 Bowman is, or my 86 Fleur, you know, PSA 10, you know, uh, cards are worth so much. They may dig it all up and, and try to, you know, do the grading and, and go through the process or at least bring it to a store. So it, it encourages more and more people to go back and, and it reaches to a lot of lapsed collectors. And I think that's important. Uh, I, I'm not so sure if kids will be watching it or adults will be watching and bringing kids in. Um, I think it's bridging on that idea of what Kenny's doing. I think our content creators on YouTube and all that, because a lot of kids aren't even watching the same Netflix. They may be watching YouTube more. I mean, my daughter watches YouTube yeah. all the time, right? Human so they watch YouTube and they're watching like, you know, box openings and they're watching people like Brian's, Ryan's toys, Ryan reviews, or uh, those, those type of shows. And if we do some kids opening packs on YouTube content, maybe that's the way to reach kids. And they're like, Oh, wow, I want to open a pack of cards. Right. So, you know, maybe that's something that uh, someone should look at doing that does youtube content creators uh or giving you know do do videos of them giving cards to kids i remember um when i was at a predict there was some some someone but i can't remember his name it was a john he was doing packs for the people and he was going up to strangers opening packs of cards you know maybe he should do it you know at a hospital or at a school you know and and encouraging people to collect because at, at the end of the day we're just want to grow that the whole hobby right and having kids involved that that'd be just yeah that's great right so so yeah. and not not just kids of collectors every kid and and really teaching the foundation not base cards but foundation of set collecting and for them to be happy that they can finish a set and it doesn't matter what the value is it's more or less it's the it's the experience more than anything else agreed agreed okay i'm gonna go to some comments now card king sure. made this comment too many sports card investors, not enough fans. I just want to say that, you know, it, it's not like the sports card collect, not like the collector is here and the investor is here. And then and then there's this barrier in between them. That, that's not how it works. There's overlap. There's overlap. You can be both. And so this, I, I just, I mean, I thank you for the comment Card King 777, but I think it's too simple uh, the way it's written. I think it doesn't really contemplate how the hobby actually works. You know, because I hear this a lot. Too many investors, too many, the investors are going to go. You know, yes, there are some investors who came in with strictly dollar signs in their eyes in the last little while, but some of them turned into collectors. Some collectors turned into investors, but you're still a collector. You you can be both at the same time. Th there's very little of this. There's some, there's a lot of this, and it goes all the way until there's complete coverage where you can be as much of a collector as you are an investor and the idea that it's a bad thing to be an investor in the hobby, I don't, I don't buy into that. I, you know, I, I like to think we can welcome everybody, but 
those who are here for the long term are going to be better for the long term of the hobby. So, but you know, again, you're yeah, not. Sure. You don't have to be. You don't have to be one or the other. You can be a bit of both. Go ahead, Carve. So here's the one thing that I would say. So for people that um, obviously they're doing a lot of research on single cards and um, are an active part of the community, they can walk away from the community. But there's one. There's something that we should actually approach them about. If you don't want to buy single cards because there's a lot of active, like I got buy these cards, sell them right away, and all that, start considering buying other other aspects of the trading card cards. It could be alt sports. And they could be longer holds or one aspect a lot of a lot of people have not dived into especially new collectors is buying sealed wax buying sealed wax we talk about etf funds you know how you buy stocks and you buy etf funds or index funds right well that's what a sealed wax box is it's really an etf fund or an index fund for that year's rookie class so consider that you know like hockey i buy upper deck hockey every year and I can tell you right now, I don't think there's many many upper deck one boxes like way below cost. It isn't. It's you know, it's it's not gone up like crazy, but it's appreciated every year. I buy Bowman baseball every year, right? So I buy a few boxes, put it away, and, and that's it. You know, I don't buy a lot of basketball or football because the prices out there on the retail is just already. I was like, man, I can buy a case of two cases of upper deck one. For the price of one, you know, one or one or two boxes of, of Prism football or basketball. So, so I focus on those areas. Like I bought F1, I bought you know, uh, a few boxes of F1 to put away too as well. So, so I think there's opportunities. There's always opportunities. There's there's a, there's a shortage of funds, but there's always more opportunities out there. And I think one of the the OG ways of investing is actually buying sealed boxes and just that way you have the whole rookie class. You know, like you say, hey, is Jaw going to be better than Zion or is Zion going to be better than Jaw? Well, you don't have to worry if you buy boxes. Big mistake to open them. Don't open them. Just put them somewhere. Put them in your mom's attic or whatever. Put them yeah. somewhere else. Don't touch it. Let your wife be the guardian of it and don't open it. And then you can sell the box later. That's why I was Yeah. The, the one counter argument or strategy to investing in, in, in the wax is that and I, I've heard it a ton is that you're buying you're basically buying like you said you're buying the index of all the rookies of that year and you're buying and there's other good cards in there too but the rookies are the hottest in their rookie year and then it's on to the next year every year this happens now there are standouts there are LeBrons there are Steph Curry's there are Connor McDavid's and Mike Trout's those th these things do happen as well but it's kind of the the exception not the rule so if you know my you got to be very selective, I think, when you're buying wax. Because look, look at Zion. If you're sitting on a on a million bucks worth of Zion wax, you know that that was a million dollars three months ago. Now it might be, I don't know, four hundred, five hundred grand. It, it's a lot less than it was before. So yeah, you're you're getting that index. But if there's nobody good in that rookie year, then 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 it wasn't a good investment. So well, you got to and you also have yeah. to be very aware of what the redemption situation is in any in any uh, product as well, because if you pass the, you know, if the redemption deadline expires, you may not have access to that, to those cards anyway. Those, those are definitely true. But then if you're talking about base rookies, you don't have to worry about redemptions. Like upper deck one, I don't have to worry about redemptions. Bowman's sure. first, maybe because there's autograph Bowman's and their uh, prism, you're not worried about the, the autographs as well. So I, I would, I would say, you know, 90% of the years, you're going to find most rookie classes decent. You know, if you look at baseball, like Bowman, 19, 18 Bowman was Otani and Louis Robert. 19 Bowman is 
uh, Wander Franco. Tony Bowman is uh, Jose, I mean, uh, Jason Dominguez, right? And Bobby Whitman. And now 21 Bowman is doing well. So, I mean, there's, you know, obviously do your research on the rookie class. Make sure there's a few of them that appeals to you. I'm not saying to buy every year. Like, you don't have to buy every year and every product. But, you know, do definitely do your research. Yeah, and what you're sure what you can handle your budget can handle okay i want to go to a couple of comments here uh where did it go the one from um sorry guys uh anyway about about the more more investors than fans i see i see uh who, the person that made that comment kind of said i was more talking about there's just so many fans and not as not a more fans than there are investors or something like that. So if I misunderstood that comment, my apologies, but we still had a good discussion based on it. So thank you very much for that. A uh, couple of comments from earlier. Uh, Ed Seed has posted this a couple of times, just calling out that uh, Upper Deck was the innovator on many things that are still in the hobby today. Super high-end product, online redemptions, RPAs, foil wrappers, better cardstock, high-quality pictures, holograms on the back of the card, right? The whole th Upper Deck really came into existence to fight counterfeits. That's really what what sparked the idea in the first place. So, uh, and yes, definitely still a, a big part of it. Brendan Ryan made this comment a while ago. My guess is fanatics will change things in a big way for the better. I mean, that's a nice, optimistic, glass half full uh, position, and I'm I'm going to choose to share it to share that position uh, until they prove me wrong. I'm gonna I'm gonna cheer I'm gonna cheer them on. Uh, Richard Williams made this comment. Sports card companies have been cheapskates, not marketing mainstream. I'm glad Fanatics is taking over. Carve, literally 30 seconds or less. Do you agree that sports card companies have been cheapskates in terms no, of marketing I dollars? I don't, I don't think that they have been cheapskates. It's just that uh, the, the impact of the marketing has not reached out to the people as much as it has, has now. I mean, everything's gone more mainstream. So, so definitely, I mean, as, as much as you want to think about it um no they haven't been cheap there's been things that was in at ud at panini that they work on i mean panini does tv commercials all the time so i don't know why you would call them cheapskates i mean they had commercials with kobe bryant and and andrew luck and, and multiple athletes and even today when you watch it they have tv commercials on so um the marketing budget is actually dictated by the leagues there's a minimum spend on marketing budgets so the way that you impact everything um is, is is there's a huge budget involved so i would say i would disagree with that yeah fair fair michael ham calls out uh bricking in sealed wax so for anyone who doesn't know that's when the cards just stick together over time they start to attach to each other and that that definitely uh happens i think a lot of us have experienced that so um for oh and here was jordan rivers was was clarifying the earlier comment i just want to read this i take that comment as he's saying that more fans like at stadiums need to buy cards and keep them and still have investors, 60,000 fans of games buying junk memorabilia, should be cards. That, right? That makes a lot of sense. Right. They need to be selling cards at the games, make it a big deal, instead of buying, uh, you know, pennants and and, and pucks. And but, uh, but, here's, but here's the advantage. So Fanatics, I believe, supplies a lot of those stadium in stadium stores. So we would envision that they would sell trading cards at the stadiums now. I'm with you. I'm with you. Criminal Mind says sports cards are an investment until people start getting burned. Well, that's already happened and there's still an investment. So that's not correct. Only collectors that were sitting on cards before the boom are smiling. Well, also not correct. Um, some of them are smiling, myself included, but also the people who were who who were savvy and didn't just jump in and buy everything, uh, you know, starting in Q2 of 2021. 
there's been the, the you know, the, this, a comment like this is just written like it's factual, but it's actually got holes all over it. So um, you really have to, you really have to think what you have to be more open-minded. You have to think broader. You have to take off the, the blinders and, uh, and see the bigger picture is what I would say. Um, and it's not always easy to do. It's not always easy to do. A lot of, a lot of us are just sort of, you know, we're, we're, we're trained, we're, we're mature and we, uh, and we're stuck in our ways a lot of the time. So it's tough to, to invoke change in, in, in a lot of people, but we can try, we can try. Jordan Rivers, thanks for putting up comments. Love the enhancement with you. You're welcome, Jordan. Thanks for being here, the engagement. I appreciate that very much. Rage says, buy what you love. Love the cards or love the hobby from your angle. We'd all be winning. Definitely that's true. Definitely true. That's right. All right, Carve. We, we're going to wrap up. I got Ryan Nolan from Breakout Cards, the author of Spotting Fakes, coming on to uh, After Hours with me in a, in a few minutes. Ryan, I'm guessing you can hear me right now. So I'll be in that studio in a few minutes. We're going to wrap this up. Um, you know what? It is the first day of 2022. It's a great day. We, we had it. We had a great 20. I don't, I mean, I see so many posts right now about, thank God 2021 is over. Betty White passing away on new year's Eve day kind of threw yeah. a wrench in a lot of people's plans, but despite that and rest in peace, Betty White, a legend for sure. 2021 was a great year for a lot of people. Um, and so, in a way, I'm sorry to see it go, but I'm also very excited for 2022. With all that said, Carp, um, I'm going to go on. We're going to go live on After Hours with Ryan Nolan. Are you able? Would you like to join us? Uh, would you like to join sure. us on that stream for uh, as long as you're wanting to hang out with us? I do want to. I, I, I definitely can, um, at least for an hour. Just make sure that uh, we get all questions geared towards Ryan, not, not yeah, towards anything else. No, yeah, we will. Love to have you hang out, add a little color commentary as we go if you want. But uh, yeah, we'll go on After Hours with Ryan in a few, uh, in just a few minutes here, everybody. So I'm just going to read the final comments coming through. Triple V says, the younger generation is far more prevalent, engaged, and knowledgeable than three to five years ago. This makes me more optimistic than anything else. I, the word optimistic makes me happy to see. Glad to see it, Triple V, and glad you're optimistic. And uh, and I, I got to agree. I was watching a video. I forget if this was on... If it was on um, Burbank Cards or Card Collector 2, but it was a series of of kids showing their cards to the camera and talking about them. And these were just a lot of base cards, a lot of cards that just made the kid happy for whatever reason. You know, some I think some of us, uh, you know, older collectors are just a little bit spoiled. And, and and that's okay. We like what we like. But there there's a lot of kids in there for sure, for sure. So here's here's the one thing I would say. Like when you talk, look at Topps Chrome, everyone talks about that Kobe versus LeBron card, right? Or the LeBron chalk throw. Guess what? That existed in base tops too. So mm -hmm. as much as we like the refractor cards, why can't kids love that picture of that card on a base card, right? So at, at the end of the day, you don't have to have the nicest card one that speaks volumes and the card aesthetics mean a lot to them and it can provide a moment for them and they can tell stories afterwards so i think that's important it's what you do with the card not so much how much the card is worth exactly you don't yeah i have cards in my collection worth a lot of money and some worth very little money and i like them all i like my cheap cards and i like my valuable cards so it's uh yeah. you know but i'm a collector and an i'm i'm an investor by default like many of us are but I'm a collector first and foremost, and that's just always the way it's been. Eric, uh, appreciate it. Appreciate you having a good time. Beavis Cards, thank you very much. You are welcome. Same to you, Troy. Thanks for being here. As always, Anthony George, thank you for being here. Richard Goring, appreciate you. Appreciate everybody who's here tonight. 
We're going to end this stream, guys. We're going to be back again with Ryan Nolan on After Hours. Just same YouTube channel, just a different stream. You'll find it. We will be going live in just a couple of minutes. Carve, say your goodbyes. And uh, before you do, Sam says, Killer Show 2022 will be amazing. Exciting for the beautiful lobby. Cheers, everyone. Thank you. Thank you, Sam. Carve, say your goodbyes. And uh, we're going to end this and start the new show right away. All right. Well, thank you, everyone. Happy New Year again. And uh, let's, let's look forward to 2022. And uh, like I said, infinite opportunities and infinite experiences. And it's the infinite. Guys, if you're not yet following Carvin on Instagram, there it is on the ticker, at Carvin15. All right, guys. This show is over. After Hours starts in about three minutes. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. We'll see you again in just a few minutes. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.